Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's Message of Hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. We hope that this week's message helps you grow in your faith and share God's love. This week, our senior pastor, Dave Yonker, begins our new sermon series, Welcome Home, Becoming a Church Worthy of the Gospel, with scripture from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, titled The Family. Stay tuned after the message for special music from Jacob Yoakum and Skunk-Eyed Lizzie, and to learn more about First Christian Church of Burlington. Will you pray with me? Center us now, O God, on your presence in this place among your people as we lift up our heart's desires, our soul's deep needs, our hungers, our fears, our failures. We thank you, dear God, for setting us in communities for families who nurture our becoming, for friends who love us by choice, for companions at work who share our burdens and daily tasks, for strangers who welcome us into their midst, for people from other lands who call us to grow in understanding, for children who lighten our moments with delight, for the unborn who offer us hope for the future. O Lord, we strive to do your will in all we do, but we know we fail. We sin in deed and thought, through things done and things left undone. We pray that you will forgive us and enliven us to believe and to do the gospel of Christ, your Son. Open us to your Spirit's urgings and awaken us to live faithfully as your people in a changing and often hurting world. We pray for those around us who need your care, those battling illnesses, those recovering from overwhelming addictions, those mired in the pain of grief, those who feel all alone, those fighting for every scrap of respect they can get, and for those who don't know they've gone astray. We ask you would make us your instruments of healing, peace, and redemption to be the body of Christ reaching out to bring your love to an often hurting world. Reveal your presence with them and with us, God of life, that as people of renewed faith and vitality, we may be empowered to serve your world and so give glory to you. For we offer our prayers and our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit now and forever, and who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
This morning's scripture comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Here begins the reading. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insights. He has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm very excited because we are starting off a brand new sermon series today called Welcome Home. You remember, I'm sure, that there is this scene in the movie Wizard of Oz. Remember that movie? The Tin Man and Toto and Dorothy or Dorothy as they pronounce it in the movie? The Cowardly Lion and the Wicked Witch and the Good Witch, they are all there. And so in this movie, you remember that when the tornado picks up Dorothy's house and they are taken out of Kansas into the land of Oz, where the world is no longer in black and white, but in full bright technicolor, and Dorothy proclaims, we're not in Kansas anymore, there is this refrain that goes throughout the last part of the movie. As they're making their way down the yellow brick road, as they're trying to choose between which way they should take this road, as Dorothy sings about a land that is over the rainbow where the bluebirds fly and the dreams that you really dream really do come true. And as Dorothy is wishing upon a star, hoping to wake up where the clouds are far behind her and all the troubles melt like lemon drops way high above the chimney tops. They're simply trying to get home because, she says, there is no place like home. There is no place like home. No place like home, she says. Now, isn't that the truth? For we know all about what home feels like and smells like, even what home tastes like. We know that it is the place where we are the most comfortable. Maybe it is a place where you grew up where even though the times have changed and progress has, has not kept things the same, but whenever you go back, it is still home and there's no place like it. It's like walking into the house that you first grew up again, where the memories are so thick you have to swat them out of your face. 
You remember eating at that old dining room table, sitting on that old couch where you watched tons of shows that is in the same exact place where the, where the carpet has indentations because the furniture hasn't been moved in 60 years. You stressed and you worried and you wonder what life was going to be. And in that old house, even though things aren't the same anymore, just being there, the memories come flooding back. Being there makes you remember all of those things. Because it's home. Like Dorothy says, there is no place like it. All the comforts, all the best foods, all the love, all the welcome, all the peace that you receive from it. Because it is home. And so what we're talking about as a church family over the next few weeks is about home in the church. And working on becoming a church and a people that is worthy of the life that Jesus Christ calls us to. So that we can extend all these warm and comfy feelings of home to everyone that we meet in God's love. Because the church, we know that it is our job to be the model for God's love and extend God's love to the rest of the world. The church is God's vehicle for sharing the message of Jesus Christ. For in the very beginning of time, when those first Christians were putting the life of Jesus into practice, they put together a church. Not brick and mortar, stones and walls, but people. For the church is people. And so what we're about is learning to love and live together and we're going to be following the book of Ephesians straight through as we study these passages together. Our fine associate pastor, Will, has written a study guide to go along with this. You can find copies of it at the Welcome Center. You can download it off of our website. And so I hope that what we talk about here is just the beginning of the conversation. And if your travels this summer take you away, you can read along with us or listen to our radio show on KBUR. But but you can keep up with where we are going in welcoming people home. And so we begin. And as we begin, I want to set the scene. If you are still ready. Are you ready for the scene? Yes. I knew it. I've been away for a few weeks, but I know you're still with me. So this is it. The book of Ephesians is one of these letters that's called written by the Apostle Paul. It was written to a whole general area, not just to one town and church. It's like if we were writing a letter to every Christian in Des Moines County, Iowa. Dear Christians, we would write it and they would, we would send it to every church in Burlington, maybe up the road into, into Minneapolis. We would, I might even make it across the river into Gladstone and Stronghurst, down to Keokuk, Fort Madison. All the surrounding areas will receive the letter that we would write. Dear Christians. And that is what the letter of Ephesians is like. For very often, whenever you read Paul's letters in the Bible, they are written to one town and one situation and one particular church. And we hear one side of the conversation. It's like we're listening into one half of a phone call or reading half of the text messages. All we get is Paul's side of the story. But Ephesians isn't like that. It's to a whole group of people about how to live the Christian life, how to be the body of Christ, how to be united together in one mission in Jesus's name, 
how to be the church in a place where not everybody comes to church. And so this is a great letter, Ephesians. And one of the great things about it is that maybe you noticed in the very first chapter how Will read the scripture today. It is literally one long run-on sentence without any breaks or breaths, commas or periods. That's because that if you read this, this first part in the original Greek, it is literally one sentence. 201 words, no commas, breaks, or periods. It's like the little four-year-old girl who lives in our house. And when she is so excited to tell you something, she just starts talking and does not stop and hardly takes a breath. And then it's, and then, 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 and then. And when she finally gets done, you're tired from listening to everything that she's told you, every thought that has come into her head. And this is what it is like in these 201 words in verses 3 to 14 of Ephesians 1. Paul, the writer, is so excited about what is happening. He makes this long run on declaration about what God has done. And so we heard it. We have been blessed in Jesus Christ. We have been chosen in God's love. We have been destined for adoption. We have been redeemed in Christ and lavished with his love. We have received this inheritance set on the path for his purpose. We are called to live into this life so that we might live for the praise of his glory. And all of this is fantastic stuff. In fact, one of the writers that I was reading about says these are like fireworks going off, rocket ships that the writer sends up. And in fact, even even more so, as Will and I were reading some of the commentaries about it, about this passage, the people said you could preach a whole sermon series simply on this one long run-on sentence. It is so dense, these 201 words jammed together. But my favorite is verse 10. As a plan for the fullness of time, to gather all things in him, things in heaven, on earth, to come to Christ. For all, as God is doing all these things, God brings people together. All creatures, great and small, children, little and big, people who are young and people who, well, used to be young but aren't so young anymore. All of God's children, red and yellow, black and white, all the ones who are precious in his sight. It is God's desire, Ephesians says, to gather all of his children together so that they may feel his love and know his peace. They may find God's purpose for their life in the world, that they may know that they are not alone. For in Christ through these rocket ships and fireworks that Paul is sending up. This is who God is. It is like the parent who goes around the toy room and gathers up all the Legos and the balls and the Barbies and the stuffed animals at the end of the day and gives them a home in the toy box. God gathers all of his creation up and gives them a home and brings them together. And as Christians, this is who we are called to be as a church, to help God gather up the lonely and the lost 
those who are looking for hope in life to say that there is a God who loves you exactly as you are today. And this God calls you by name and and this God sent Jesus into the world so that you may have life everlasting and follow in his ways. This is what we are about as Christians. What this 201 word long run on sentence from Ephesians is all about with no breath marks or commas. So excited about what Jesus has done. You see, it looks like this. When I was a kid, my parents had this little drop leaf table. And it was the only table that we used. And I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it may have been the only table my parents had. It was in the parsonage of the house that we lived in in Cameron, Missouri. In northwest Missouri where I was born. And we used it there when we were a family of three. And we had it when we moved to Kansas City when I was four and my brother was old. And so I remember whenever we sat at this table in the kitchen. It was a kind of a real light kind of colored wood. And this table would be set, we would sit there for breakfast and for lunch. We would sit there for supper every single night. We would sit at this table, this old drop leaf table, and we would watch Wheel of Fortune at 6.30 in the evening when my dad did the dishes in the kitchen. And we would roll up next to this old drop leaf table, my mom's black and white nine inch television with the rabbit ears that she took to college whenever she was young. I remember my dad using this table to lay out the family taxes on it every spring. I remember doing my first bit of homework on this drop leaf table when I was like in the third grade. I remember my mom having a little sewing business and she would cut out dresses and do alterations on this little drop leaf table. It was perfect when our family had four people in it. But as you know, families grow. And so soon this little drop leaf table wasn't big enough and it couldn't fit it all around us anymore because friends would come over for supper and my aunts and uncles had kids and so I got cousins and we couldn't all fit at this same four-person table anymore. So my parents got a new table a new table with leaves where you could expand the amount of people that could sit around the table. And the table they bought is a great table. They still have this table today, even now that I'm the big 4-0. They still have this table when there's more than four people in our family. It was great, this new table, when neighborhood kids would come by. If they wanted to stay for lunch, my mom would say, sure, just grab a chair from down the hall, pull up, there's more than enough room. It could, be, it could be expanded when girlfriends came into the picture and then girlfriends left the picture. It was expanded. It was expanded whenever wives came into the family and now grandkids are in the family. The table can see two and four and ten and we can squeeze in twelve or so. And if someone else comes by, don't worry. There's a leaf. Down the hall in the closet. There are chairs downstairs, folding chairs. If you don't mind sitting on one of them, we can grab one of them. Here, take this captain's chair. I'll sit on that old wooden one. There's more than enough room. Isn't this what it's like to be a follower of Jesus Christ? In God's love, there is more than enough room. 
because there is no place like home, no place like being in God's love, living a life full of grace and peace. And as people who follow Jesus Christ, we are called to add in more and more chairs and to put more leaves in the table and expand the welcome to all those who feel left out. Who people like us who have not only been blessed in Christ and had chosen for adoption and adopted into God's love and lavished and redeemed in God's peace. But we have been welcomed in God's loving arms and welcomed home. So we expand this table and we pull in more chairs because there is no place like it. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a new church home or searching for something beyond yourself, we hope you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We offer two styles of worship each Sunday. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m., featuring beloved hymns of the faith. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 a.m. and is led by our amazing band. In both services, you'll hear a sermon similar to the one you listen to today on the radio. Be welcomed at the Lord's table for communion and join with us in prayer and praise. During the summer, children's church is offered at our 1045 service. There's no better way to begin our week in worship, so we hope you will join us here at First Christian Church.
Take this soul that is so rightfully 